0: all right this is the conversation cannabis and christianity podcast my name is miguel torres and i am your host and this episode is titled the bread and the wine and that is communion and before we start talking about the bread and the wine we're going to talk about forgiveness before because before you get to the bread and the wine forgiveness has to happen So I'm going to talk to you about, or actually I'm going to read something for you from the gospel according to Luke. It's chapter 12, verse 41 through 48. Now, in verses 35 through 41, Jesus is telling those who are listening to him, keep your lamps lit. Keep your lamps lit. Because you'll regret it if you let it go out. That's essentially what he's telling him. And Peter says to Jesus, he says, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, check out how he answers this. (laughs) The question is, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone else as well? And this is his answer. Who then is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants? to give them their rations at the proper time blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes truly i say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions that's a pretty good way to treat somebody that he's calling slave so kind of interesting but if that slave says in his heart my master will take a long time to come and he begins to beat he begins to beat the other slaves both men and women and to go into gluttony and drunkenness. Then the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect and at an hour that he does not know, and he will cut him in two and assign him a place with the unbelievers. So he's cutting two, but he's still alive because he's been assigned to a place with the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accordance with his will will receive many blows. Now check this out. This is interesting. But the one who did not know it and committed acts deserving of a beating will receive only a few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask all the more that's a pretty interesting answer for the question are you telling this parable about keeping our lamps lit to just us your your disciples or are you saying it to everyone and when i read that last sentence from everyone whom has been given much much will be demanded and to whom they entrusted much now who's the they i think he's talking about other people about other people, leaders of other people. The leaders of other people who have been entrusted with much of him and her, they will ask all the more. So, leaders are obviously leaders because they want to be. And if they decide to start eating, I'm sorry, beating other people because they decide to not keep their lamp lit. He's saying that's not a good thing to do because you'll regret doing that. Now, forgiveness. So, yeah, forgiveness. forgiveness. Remember, we're on forgiveness. So that's interesting. Jesus is saying, keep your lamps lit. And he's saying, essentially with that parable and Peter's answer, I'm answering it for both you and for everyone who's listening. Keep your lamps lit. Because if you don't, you're going to start beating other people and you are live a gluttonous and drunken life and it's going to be sloppy that's what he's saying keep your lamps lit to avoid that from happening to you because you regret it all right now and there's also oh, that was the other thing I was going to say about that piece was the two different slaves who uh one knew what to do and did not do it the other one did not know committed the same acts as the one who knew but didn't get as many blows as the one who knew. There's a, there's a, definitely a vein of justice in that. Definitely a vein of justice in that. And uh, now, <clears throat> we're going to get on to a more direct line of forgiveness. Peter has a lot of questions for Jesus, and that's good because he's trying he wants to understand more then peter came up and said to jesus lord how many times shall my brother sin against me and i still forgive him up to seven times he's trying to put a limit on it right he's like i want to i want a threshold for when i can take revenge i want a threshold for when i can take revenge and jesus said to him i do not say to you up to seven times but up to 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his master commanded that he be sold, along with his wife and children, and all that he had and repayment be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before Him saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the master of that slave felt compassion and he released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he would pay back what was owed. Now check this out. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their master all that had happened. Then summoning him, his master said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt Because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his master moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he would repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if you do not forgive each other from your heart, men and women. Forgive each other from your heart. That's good. That's good. That, or just from the heart. That's that's the good thing. That's what I mean. Forgiveness from the heart, because that's what he's done for us. That's what he's saying. He's like, I know you inside and out. And I gave myself up for you. Materially, physically and paid a debt that you can't even fathom you can't understand it you feel it all the time but you don't understand the depth of it until you're in something that feels like it's the throes of it then you get a taste of what further down could possibly taste like and he's saying I rescued you from that and it's up to you if you want to believe it it's a choice and it's a very personal relationship there is no to-do list And that's the cool thing now communion forgiveness can't have communion without forgiveness your forgiveness communion you can have communion now if you don't believe in christ and you want to have communion it's up to you i'm just telling you it's uh it's not a talisman not a talisman but it is what it is and we'll go to uh The gospel according to Matthew. And uh, it's interesting about, uh, actually, I'm going to start off here first. A lot of people who go to church, and I've seen it and felt it every single, almost, yeah, pretty much almost every single time when you walk in and you see the communion set up in the front of the of the sanctuary worship area whatever you want to call it it rocks people back people don't like seeing it and that is strange to me and it's not it's not a secret as to why it rocks people back because a lot of past people have gotten used to hearing pastors say what the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians. Examine yourself before you take this. Now what that's come to be taught, how that's come to be taught is you better make sure you're right before you come in this house. Because if you're not, boy, you are going to, it's going to be bad for you. That's not at all what Paul was saying. But that's how a lot of organizations church organizations and pastors who work for them teach it now a dear friend of mine has some friends and he was having a conversation and uh he's trying to help him he's trying to say hey I understand you're having a hard time he's like have you thought about having communion and the person was like no you can't do that right now or I can't do that right now because I'm not worthy I've examined myself and I'm not meeting the, the 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 imaginary to-do list that's in his mind because when you look at the scripture what Paul said to the Corinthians he said you're not discerning the body the bread you're not discerning the bread which is the body now, what was what that looked like you know people can take a guess you know what that actually looked like my people might be able to figure out what that actually looked like what the corinthians were doing right now i, I know there are a lot of number of churches take the bread and just dip it right into the wine and do them both at the same time that sounds kind of like what paul is talking about that sounds closer to what paul is talking about you're taking it all like it doesn't matter bread, wine, doesn't matter, mix them all up, all going in the same stomach, going to get all digested in that stomach anyway. And Paul's saying, you're not discerning the body of Christ. Now, like, certain denominations, Catholics mostly, teach people that the bread literally becomes the literal flesh of Jesus, and the wine becomes a literal blood plasma of Jesus when it's in your mouth. And that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Because nowhere in there does it say that. It's clear that Jesus says, eat this bread in remembrance of my body. That is true food. And he says, drink this wine in remembrance of my blood. That is true drink. In remembrance of. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move to Matthew 26. Now they're up. Jesus is in the celebrating the Passover. And he's changing it for them. He's changing it for them and he's giving them communion. And now while they were eating, this is Matthew 26, 26 through 30 five there we go 26 to 35 he says now while they were eating jesus took some bread and after a blessing he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body and when he had taken a cup and given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you from this is my blood of the for this is my blood of the new covenant which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it with you new in my father's kingdom. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said to him, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter replied to him, Even if they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that this very night before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if i have to die with you i will not deny you exclamation point and all the other disciples said the same thing as well so there you have matthew's account of what happened take eat this is my body and we had taken a cup and given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now let's go to Mark, because that's next. We'll go to Mark 14, verse 22 through 31. And when Mark is talking about it, he has a very similar account as matthew very similar similar same context celebrating passover while they were eating he took some bread and after a blessing he broke it and gave it to them and said take it this is my body and when he had taken a cup and given thanks he gave it to them and they all drank from it and he said to them this is my blood of the covenant which is being poured out for many Truly I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine again until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And after singing a hymn, they went out on the out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, all of you, you will all fall away because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And here comes Peter's bold claim. I am better than these guys. I'm better than these other guys. These other 11... We already know one of them's not good. Jesus already told us one of one of us is not good. So then he says, But Peter said to him, Even if they all fall away, yet I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that this very night, before a rooster crows twice, you will you yourself will deny me three times. But Peter repeatedly said, repeatedly said insistently, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you and they all were saying the same thing as well a lot of pride a lot of pride now i'm giving you the full one on this because luke's account is different luke moves luke gives you a little bit he says it differently you when i read those uh matthew and mark and i hear and i read peter saying i'm i'm gonna do it he doesn't say we he says i which implies the other 11 would not until they all chirped in and said no i'd do it too i'd do it too jesus i'm right there with you all the way right there with you me too me too they're all fighting over who's the greatest which one loves jesus the most and here's luke's account of it when the hour came he reclined at the table jesus and the apostles with him and he said to them i have eagerly desired to eat this passover with you before i suffer for I say to you, I shall not eat it again until it is, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is being given to, for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and they had, after they had eaten, saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. And then he goes on to talk about Judas. I'll read it anyway. But behold, the hand of the one betraying me is with mine on the table. For indeed, the son of man is going as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to debate among themselves which one of them it was who was going to do this. And as a dispute developed among them as to which one of them was regarded as being the greatest, he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles domineer over them. And those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not this way for you rather the one who is the greatest among you must be like the youngest and the leader like the servant for who is greater the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves is it not the one who reclines at the table this is jesus speaking but i am among you as the one who serves That's where you get that servant leadership in a lot of, uh, you hear that buzzword, servant leadership, servant leadership, servant leadership. It doesn't look like this. When When I see it and I read about it, it doesn't look like that. But that's where it comes from. That's where the idea comes from. Now, why am I bringing this all up? Because people are scared of communion and they shouldn't be. If you're having a hard time if you're fighting with somebody you're, you're 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 just you know down whatever it is and i'm talking to believers who who want to who, who are who have uh questions about whether or not they can have communion and what examining yourself means oh the other and uh actually let me touch back on that corinthians because that i hit on that examining yourself yourself there's another part of that that paul was addressing too and that was when the Corinthians were having communion there were some folks there who were more well off than the others and the folks were well off were having a big feast getting drunk while the folks who weren't as well off were not and he's saying examine yourself like what is your motive for doing this why are you doing this is this a show is this a party Is this like a, hey, let's get loaded and make people feel bad because they don't have as much as we do? Or is this about relationship and communing? And is it for our benefit? Absolutely. So Paul's trying to give the Corinthians a a more accurate perspective. One thing he did not do is throw the Ten Commandments at them. He did not say, have you compared, have you examined yourself in comparison to the Ten Commandments? Now he says, do you not know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ? Keep your lamp lit. Keep your lamp lit. Paul's reminding him to keep your lamp lit. So, modern day times, going back to that. People get rocked back when they see the communion set up. Keep your lamp lit, keep your lamp lit, discern the body. Jesus' body was 100% human and 100% God. Now I'm not saying anything funky. I don't believe what Catholicism pushes. I don't, because here's why I don't believe that. With that type of belief, You've now, well, I shouldn't say you. I should say the leadership that made this decision have placed another human being between others and communion. And that person is like a gatekeeper. There's none of that in scripture. There is no guardian of the communion, there is no uniform. Bread and wine. And if everybody had to examine themselves the way the disciples did when Jesus gave communion to them, I think everybody pretty much qualified to. Because all the disciples were arguing about which of them was the greatest. That's self-righteousness. And Jesus knew all about it. And he's saying, Peter, your self-righteousness, your regret. When the crows did, when the crow did crow twice. I'm not sure whose account, but one of the accounts says, Peter went away weeping and cursing and weeping bitterly. That sounds like a lot of regret. Okay, now back to my friend's story. He was trying to encourage his friends saying, Hey, have you thought about having communion? Because when you have a problem, you need to go to the solution. And the solution is Christ. Remind yourself of that. That's what he was trying to tell his friends. Remind yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Keep your lamp lit. Because if you rely on self righteousness to keep your lamp lit, it's going to go out. And unfortunately, my friend, Was not, I don't know, I'm not sure what transpired since then, but during that particular conversation, he didn't seem to have enough success the way he thought he would see it by telling them that they should go have communion when they're having hard times. That's when you need to really go do it. That's not when you separate yourself more. That's when you go back and you say, you know what, I need to keep my lamp lit. I need to remember who I am, the righteousness of God in Christ. So if you use marijuana and you're wondering if you can be accepted by Christ, you can. Now, the intent for using that marijuana, that's a personal decision. I'm not going to talk on that one right now. Just want to bring it up because it's in the name of my podcast and I use it and I have communion and I don't go to another individual who has been deemed authorized by another human being to give it to me. And it's my hope and prayer that if you're a believer, that if you don't already understand this, that I hope you come to understand it. Because if you put someone else between you and communion, you're accepting self-righteousness. All right. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I am your host. This is the wine, the bread, and the wine, because it's all about relationship, baby. Love you.